0: I think it's just because it's Halloween time or I'm just very spooked out by the Halloween season because I get scared very easily with spooky movies, ghosts, anything like that. But I feel like I just keep seeing Reese stare off into the distance. Like she's, you know, looking at something maybe I don't see if you're catching my drift. And I'm not going to speak anything into existence, but I think you all know what I mean. Um, and I'm really spooked out, especially when it's just her and I home alone and she's just looking at something or her eyes will follow something. Oh my god, I'm scared just talking about it. Wait, you've gotta be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. hello welcome back to another episode of don't get it twisted this is your one and only host taylor woods round of applause for everybody's listening it's reese and i here sitting in my closet per usual last time i told you all that i was sitting next to my dirty laundry and my sister was quite confused by that comment i'm in the closet next to my laundry bin i'm sure that's a fairly normal thing to do i'm not just sitting on a pile of dirty clothes like i'm not that grungy um, but tis the season to be spooky, am I right? <laughs> I'm recording this the day before Halloween, so Halloween has not happened yet. Although by the time that you're listening to this, Halloween and all of the 2020 lack of festivities would have already happened. I hope that you had a wonderful, very spooky Halloween. You might already know that Keith and I will be dressing up as something so out of My comfort zone, it's just not within like my normal realm of what you would think Taylor Woods would dress up as, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be so darn fun. It's just going to be, you know, like a total laugh in my opinion. Go check out our costume. I'm going to be posting it on Instagram because I'm basic like that. But it is a little bit of a freaky feeling to think that now October is over, November is here, and November is a great month because I feel like it is the official start of the holiday season, at least in my opinion. Uh, It's my birthday month, so I'm always biased towards November to begin with. But also, it is an election year, so that is a little bit frightening on a lot of levels. And this episode is coming out on November 2nd right before the election on November 3rd, if you're living in the United States of America. So regardless of whatever is going to be happening as a result of the election, which is scary to think that by the time you're listening to this, we might already know what will be happening for the next four years. But I think regardless of whatever the election results will be, it will be definitely a weird time. And I think that's why I really wanted this episode to come out when it's coming out because I think it's very easy to get caught up in the chaos of it all or maybe to just get stuck in the news cycle or maybe just to feel so down on yourself or lost or confused or maybe hopeless, um, hopefully hopeful, but it's a lot easier said than done. And I think that self-care is something that we all need to be practicing And I truly don't think there is a better time than now to start practicing self-care if you haven't already. And it's kind of funny because I think even saying self-care or like talking about self-care, even a few years ago, almost felt very silly. Like It felt very trivial. Like if you said, oh, I practice self-care, like there'd be weird comments like self-care is for babies or, you know, something so stupid and middle school-like. But obviously, that is a straight-up lie, and I think I've just recognized, definitely as I've gotten older, but maybe more so because it's a lot more mainstream to practice self-care, but it's just so damn important. And I think that there used to be this weird stigma of, well, I think there probably still is, like, you know, there's no time for self-care, like grind, 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 especially in the United States. There's this crazy culture of productivity, and it doesn't ever feel like you have the time to do self-care, or if you do self-care but you're seeing everybody else have their productivity days then you're feeling left behind you're feeling guilt it just it's hard to walk away I think and especially because social media is at our fingertips at all times of the day or we're constantly on our phones we're on TikTok we're watching the news whatever we might be doing I think we're constantly consuming information and it's very hard to step away from that and to recognize that a lot of self care can come away from our phones and in all honesty when we are addicted to our devices especially our phones like the notifications don't get me started on the social dilemma it's very very hard to be thoughtful and mindful about taking the time to practice self care because why would you want to do that when you're off hours you could just be scrolling through TikTok you know and maybe for some people that is your self-care, but other people maybe need self-care to be meditation or it could be yoga, exercise. It comes in so many different forms. And I think that's kind of the coolest thing about it. It's whatever works for you, yourself, caring for yourself, self-care. But I think for the longest time, I have always just had a strange relationship when it comes to dealing with my own personal self-care because I've always felt it resonated so strongly with that guilt factor that I was mentioning because I am just a grade A FOMOist. <laughs> like I have the biggest FOMO and I try not to give into it too much, but I think because I'm such a people pleaser and as a nine on the Enneagram. And yes, it does seem like a goal to mention the Enneagram in every podcast episode. But as a nine, I'm a peacemaker in general. So I hope to bring peace. I hope to kind of align with everybody else. And so if I feel like I'm out of alignment with other people, then I'm feeling off myself because it feels like there isn't peace within me. Because the hard part about nines is that most of the time you seek your peace in other people. And it's very hard to resonate with what actually satisfies you, which is a little bit weird. But I would go through social media and I would see, you know, people like, you know, those like posts where self coaches or I don't know, like m- maybe more entrepreneurs will just share something that is empowering them in their business or something that they're like, you know, you have to grind, you you know, don't stop when it gets hard, blah, blah, blah. And I'll see that on days when I want to just literally unwind. I want to walk away from my phone. I've started making Tuesdays like my mandatory day off because for a while I told myself, oh, I'll just, you know, kind of work. Um, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. But it wasn't working for me because I just still felt so burnt out all of the time. So I was literally needing to force myself to take a mandatory day off for my Mentality for my sanity. And let's say I would be having, you know, a Tuesday day off. I'd be scrolling through my phone. I would see a post like that. And then all of a sudden, you're feeling like guilty that you're laying on the couch or that you're scrolling through TikTok or you're still in your pajamas at 3 p.m., which is so irrational. Because that's exactly what you need, and that's what you've worked for. You worked this whole week to gain that one mandatory day off. But it I think it's weird because we're so glued to our phones. We don't have the ability to like separate what's best for us and then comparing ourselves to others and seeing what's best for them. I think the hard thing is, too, is I'm still facing a lot of that guilt. And even though I still literally require myself to take a day off, I still feel bad on those days. I still feel urgencies to get up and film, edit, record, even just posting on social media. It feels weird, but that's kind of a little bit of part of my quote unquote job. And I think it's just really hard to not feel guilty about doing nothing. And it's kind of going back to that productivity episode I made a little while back, but that's probably one of my favorites that I've done so far because it was so productive. Personal to me, and I felt so trapped in this cycle of needing to feel productive at all hours of the day. And I think when you're in that cycle, or even if you're just feeling other people be productive and it makes you feel bad about yourself not being productive then you forget about self-care. You forget about how to take care of yourself because there's no time in the day for that. You know, you gotta be busy, busy bee all the darn time. And that's just ridiculous. And I think it's important to continually break down that stigma and learn different ways that you yourself can best take care of yourself on your self-care days. It was kind of funny. The other day I got a message, a DM on Instagram, and this person asked me how I balance work and my social media content. And I would say most of you probably know this by now, but I was let go from my job in March due to the pandemic and just loss of demand for business. So obviously that's not a struggle that I'm facing at the moment. I guess my current work is this, is podcast, is YouTube, et cetera. But it kind of threw me for a loop for a second, because it reminded me of how imbalanced my life was when I was trying to, quote unquote, do it all. And it's one of those things that you don't realize was so bad for you until afterwards. Like I was flowing through the motions so terribly that it was having such a negative impact on me because here's the straight up truth. I had a terrible balance between my nine to five and wanting to do social media content. So let me paint this picture for you. So I started my YouTube a year ago, October 2019. So that was kind of the point in my nine to five when I started to recognize that my passions were lying elsewhere. And that's such a you know millennial thing to say, like, I just didn't have passion for the desk life. But obviously it's true. It kind of sucks on so many levels. Not to mention, I am somebody who thrives off of natural sunlight and I shit you not, worked in a basement, like legitimately in a basement. It sounds worse than it is, but needless to say, there was no windows. So I basically felt like I was working in a hole in some sort of shelter (laughs) from like 7.45 or 8 in the morning until I would leave at 5.30 p.m. And I was lucky that, you know, I started in May, I think, May of 2019. So You know, when it's summertime, the sun stays out for a little bit longer than it would in the winter, actually a lot bit longer. So it wasn't that bad for me when I would get out of work and I would be like, oh my gosh, thank goodness, you know, the sun's still up, the day is still long. I have so much time left in the day. But I felt as if it got very, very bad once fall started ticking around and I would get out of the office and I would feel just like irritated that I had spent my whole day indoors without any access to what the weather was like I literally would not know if it was raining cats and dogs I wouldn't know if there was like a protest going on outside I wouldn't know anything because there was no access to the outdoors I'm sounding like I was imprisoned but I I mean I wasn't but it was just not an ideal work environment for me so I hated that to begin with so I was already pretty cranky towards my work, not really for the work I was doing because genuinely I did work in a really positive and welcoming environment, but more so because I was just like, I I couldn't work in that sort of hole, like <laughs> literally the hole, <laughs> the hole that was my office. I hated it. So once I found YouTube and I recognized that Well, I had known for a long time that this was my passion, but, you know, once you just sort of fully dive into it, it was the only thing that was consuming my attention. It was the only thing that made me happier. Like I would strive for every free moment in the workday to be able to whip out my laptop and like keep editing or to try and find different video ideas for myself. And, you know, it just everything about it excited me. But of course, I was still doing my nine to five, so I couldn't be taking up those hours at Whole Foods Market. So every spare moment out of my nine to five workday, I wanted to dedicate to filming or doing anything that related to YouTube because that's where I felt I was going to get out of my little slump. So I would wake up at four o'clock in the morning. Yes, you heard that right. I think a little bit more like 430, but in the four o'clock hour, which is already ungodly, I would go to the gym because I didn't want to not work out. But I knew that once I got home from work, I would want to just keep editing and editing, or I'd want to be with Keith, or we'd have dinner or something, and I just, I couldn't put workout on the back burner. So I would wake up extraordinarily early, go to the gym, do a maybe 45-minute workout or something, come home, quickly shower, change, get ready for work, grab my laptop, drive to the bus station, because I took the bus, and I would basically work on whatever video I had the entire way to work. Then once I got to work, I would obviously work until my lunch break. And then I would leave the hotel and I would walk to a coffee shop or something and I would keep editing. Then I would I'd go back to work. I finish my day and then I would do the exact same thing, reverse commute all the way home, editing, editing, editing. Once I got home, it was dinner. Maybe it was a walk. Maybe it was five minutes to relax on the couch because I was, you guessed it, exhausted. But then I would keep editing all night long. And I would spend, I would say the majority of a work week at least on one single video. I kind of had this weird schedule in my mind. I thought it would be a good idea to post every four or five days, like not on a specific day of the week, but every four or five days. So that's what I was trying to do. Not a good technique if you're a creator, so don't follow that advice. But I would basically work on one single video for, you know, those entire days that I was commuting to work. And then on the weekend, I would spend as much time as I could creating as much content as I could. So I had that information in my computer ready to go for the editing that I needed to do on the way to work and the way back from work, et cetera, et cetera. So when I say I would stay up all night also, I would be going to bed. Like it's so bad to think about now, but one or two o'clock in the morning. And sometimes I would still go to the gym. Like sometimes I would still wake up at 430 and I would go because I thought that missing the gym was worse than – Getting sleep, which by the way, for clarification, is very, very wrong. But either way, let's say I was even going to bed at 11 p.m. or even midnight, because, you know, that's just kind of the time that I naturally have always gone to bed. That's still a ridiculously short amount of time. Let's say I didn't go to the gym, because there were some days when I said, you know what, I am exhausted. I can't do this. I'll go to the gym after work, or I just won't go today. Let's say I went to bed at twelve a m. but I still had to get up to leave for work no later than five forty five, even if I wasn't going to the gym. So either way, that was clearly not enough sleep. Like I was depriving myself of sleep. I was depriving myself of almost like social interactions, even because, like I mentioned, working in a hole. Sure, I was with other people, but you know, most of the time they're doing their own thing too. And then when I was getting really invested in work, I did have another lunch hour that was different than everybody else, which kind of gave me more confidence to not sit in our cafeteria and eat with everybody or else I would have felt very weird about leaving to just go edit every single day. But there was a lot of times when I would go to the coffee shops and edit because that was my priority. But I didn't have time to make food, so I didn't have any food with me, so I wouldn't eat lunch. And then maybe maybe I would head over to Starbucks and and grab like a quick sandwich or something like that or a protein bar, but not only is that terrible like nutrient-wise for satisfying the lack of food I've not eaten all day long, but it was just it was so unsustainable and I don't know how I lasted for so many months on that kind of routine because it truly felt like it was from October to March, like the entire time that I was working and and doing YouTube. And what's even crazier too is for a majority of that time, I had less than 500 subscribers. And that's not a bad thing whatsoever, but I mean... I really did lean into the grind. Let's just say that. It's just sort of crazy to think that I was so neglectful of my own health, my mental health, my physical health. Like There was no point in me waking up to go to the gym if I didn't have the energy for it or if my body was so deprived of sleep. But truly, I wasn't eating throughout the day. I wasn't eating enough. And it felt like all work, no play, no self-care, like no basic needs. It's almost hard to think about looking back because I know how bad that is for you and I know how hard it was on me and on my body. And I also felt very selfish in a lot of ways, I think because I wanted so badly for this passion to actually be something that other people respected And I felt so proud of myself for finally stepping out of my comfort zone and finally doing something that I told myself I would do for years and and finally start my channel, et cetera. But something about it just felt so selfish to me because I was so excited about it. I wanted to talk about it often. And I'm sure my loved ones and my friends and family, whomever, got so annoyed of me. But I couldn't help it. I was just so invested and I was so like head over heels. And it's kind of funny because... I think I was totally leaning into that productivity lifestyle once again, just like I was in college, just like I talked about in that productivity episode. Now I can see how bad it was. In the moment, I didn't really recognize it. I just kept thinking, no, you have to get this done because you want to get this video up or you have to get this done if if you want to be successful or you know, work at your actual nine to five is not important. Like you need to spend the other hours of your day doing what you love because otherwise you're putting what you love on the back burner. Like, oh my gosh, my thought process was just so blah. but I've gotten a lot better ever since. And I think it's a lot easier for somebody like me to just say, oh, like, you know, self-care when in all honesty, I'm a content creator who got fired from her job and now is just content creating full time, or creating content full time, whatever. Like I I know that that comes from a, a place of privilege. And I know that my time is so valuable. And your time is so valuable. And it's so easy for me to be like, anybody can do like 75 hard, for example, when in actuality, that's a humongous time commitment. Not everybody can do something like that. Like I recognize that I have much more flexibility in my time, and that I'm coming from an a place of privilege, absolutely that I have the flexibility to be like, take a mandatory day off for your self-care. I totally get that. So don't get this twisted here, please. But at the same time, I think even when I was working a nine to five, even when content creation was not in the mix, I still needed those days or even like 10 freaking minutes, 10 freaking minutes a day where I did something for Taylor. And because I wasn't doing that, I wasn't off on the right foot. I wasn't setting myself up for success and I want to set you up for success. So, I posted a question on the Twisty Pod Instagram of you know, what questions do you have about self-care? Which I believe the Twisty Pod Instagram is now the unofficial official place for all Twisty Pod questions. Obviously, don't get a twisted podcast is too long of a name for any sort of social media handle, so Twisty Pod is the way to go. I love it. I think it's cute and I think Twisty is just fun and pretzely. So if you haven't already, go follow the twisty pod Instagram. It's new, it's popping, and I'm only posting the most premier content. But reading your questions, I think this is a really fun one to start out with. Should I feel guilty about doing too much self-care? It is easy to do when you're stuck at home. Personally, I think absolutely not, especially because you have to also remember the extraordinary circumstances. Of this time right now. Like, there is not going to be another time in our lives, we pray to God, that we are quarantined like this at home. And not only is it very unhealthy for your mindset, but also I think it is more than acceptable to be doing more self care than you would normally be doing because of these extraordinary circumstances. So I would never feel guilty about it. I can understand what you mean. You know, you would feel guilty about not doing other things with your time. But remember that you might not have another time like this ever again. And that's probably a good thing. Like we don't want to continue to be in quarantine. But while we're here, let's make the most of it and see what we can do for ourselves in the spare moments that we do have throughout the day. So I wouldn't feel guilty in the slightest. Great question. Is it self-care to not work out every day? Definitely a personal question, but I'll answer from my own personal opinion. I would say yes. Not only because it's self-care for your body, your joints, your muscles, your mind, your body needs rest to recover and to grow. It is such a weird myth almost that you know you need to be working out X amount of times per week or multiple times a day, something like that, because that's just too much stress on your body. And in all honesty, it's just not good for it. So I think it is absolutely self-care to say, you know what? No, not today. Not today, Satan. I'm sitting down. I'm not moving. I'm not working out. And to be totally okay with that. I think that is amazing. I totally support you. And I do that often. like I do that more often than I will even admit. And I'll talk myself even out of a workout too if I'm just recognizing how tired I feel. Because I think that's another thing that's really hard is when you know that you're so tired, but you have X amount of responsibilities to get through in the day. I think you have to do one of two things. You need to either... Take 5-10 minutes of your day before you carry on with your to-do list and do something that will help you be in a better mindset moving forward, some type of self-care. Or you need to evaluate what really needs to get done in the day, cross some things off and move them to tomorrow. And maybe one of those things is doing a workout and crossing that baby off and saying, no way, not today, goodbye, no workout for me. Okay, lots of questions about this. At what point does self-care become laziness, asking for a friend, or sometimes I think self-care is skipping a workout, but what's the line between self-care and laziness? Here's how I would define it for myself, but I think that this is probably different for everybody else. I know myself well enough to recognize when I'm being lazy and when I'm telling myself, no, Taylor, you need to take a rest day. Usually I'll plan for a minimum of two rest days within a seven day week. But if I take a rest day on Sunday and then I tell myself, oh, you know what? I'm still not feeling it on Monday. I tell myself the same thing on Tuesday. When Wednesday rolls around, I know at that point I've probably rested enough. I've had my three days off. I'm proud of myself that I prioritized my rest. But But at that point, I think I'm leaning more so into my lazy tendencies, and I know that I have them. And I think even recognizing that you know when you might be lazy is so dang important because you can easily fall into that path of, oh, I'll just take another rest day, just take a rest day. Uh, You know, I'm too busy, got to take a rest day. But there's a difference between prioritizing your rest and Telling yourself that you're resting when really deep down you know you just don't want to get up and work out, total difference. But I think for me, the way that I try and avoid that is sticking to some sort of plan or even just telling myself, Okay, I'm gonna work out four times this week, I don't care what days I do it, I don't mind which days they are. But if I skip Monday, Tuesday, then that means I probably should work out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know what I mean? Like I have to make up for it somehow because I did give myself grace, but then I also know when to kick my butt into gear. What other self-care tips do you have that aren't pushed to be the standard, like masks or taking a bath or something? Honestly, it's kind of funny because I think the stereotypical self-care practices are the ones I hate the most. Like self-care shouldn't be the things that you think self-care are. And I think maybe that's where like the frou of it all comes from. And I'm just not a frou kind of girl. Like the thought of taking a bath for me um, makes me so beyond anxious. I get so hot. I get so uncomfortable. My hair starts to feel so heavy. If it's not in a bun, then it's like falling out and like it's sticking to my neck. Oh my God. I just hate it so much. The water gets too hot. I start to sweat. It's just, it's nasty. It's not a way that I unwind. For some people, they love it. They crave it. That's what they need. They just want to like light a candle all around the world. (laughs) Sorry, that was like a choir song I sang in elementary school. They want to light a candle. They want to put the bubbles on, music on. That's perfect for them. For me, a nightmare. I think honestly, my favorite forms of self-care are just literally flopping on the couch with maybe a glass of wine or maybe my favorite snack or something. And I will watch some of my favorite YouTube videos or I'll turn on my favorite Netflix show or I'll just be like the comfiest I've ever been in my life. And that to me will bring me more inner peace than a mask or a bubble bath could ever, like ever. Or I don't know. Sometimes I think even self-care is like chatting with friends from back home, like calling up an old friend, like FaceTiming or FaceTiming my family, or even just doing like the simple like routine of like a shower and your skincare and like feeling very like clean. I don't know. Something like that makes me feel really good. But you might be hearing this and you might say, Taylor, you're crazy. Like I love a bubble bath. I'm all about it. Oh my God. Why am I getting text messages? I swear you guys, my phone is never popping. And then I turn on the camera or the microphone. And all of a sudden, it's like, hello, welcome to The Taylor Show. With Kizik Hans Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt for a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at slash socks But yeah, I think when I think about self-care, I think about being lazy or I think about, okay, I'm going to grab a glass of wine and I'm going to sit on TikTok for an hour. Like that to me sounds like a lot of fun, but then there's other days where I'm wanting to just remove my phone from existence and throw it across the room. However, one good thing that I think is a teeny bit mainstream but I think I've come to love in the recent few weeks is the Calm app. And not sponsored, but sure, why not? I basically downloaded it because it's like, you know, the app that you can have stories read to you before you go to bedtime and they help you fall asleep or you can meditate on them, lots of different cool features. But they did a collaboration with Harry Styles. And so, why the heck not would I want Harry Styles to narrate me to sleep? Um, and I downloaded it and I swear I've been using it almost every night since. I have a very hard time falling asleep. I just toss and turn and think about every bad decision I've made since the third grade. So the Calm app, I would highly, highly recommend. I haven't paid for it. I'm pretty sure I'm either doing a free trial or maybe I accidentally paid for it on Apple subscriptions. That happens to me literally all the time. But I think there is at least a free trial or there's free features There's a whole bunch of other similar apps that are kind of in that realm, and I used to be very turned off to meditation or that kind of soothing thing because it's just not my vibe, but I think sometimes it's what I need because my mind's always running a thousand miles a minute, and I've liked it a lot so far, so highly, highly recommend having Harry Styles um, narrate you to sleep. And this question says, how do you practice self-care when you're too busy to put hours aside? Fabulous question. I don't think self-care needs to be resonated with a certain amount of time. I think we all have five minutes in a day. And whether or not we tell ourselves we do or we don't, we all have five minutes. And TMI here, but if your five minutes needs to be like in the bathroom on the pot, then that's your five minutes of self-care for the day. But there needs to be at least... Like one small thing that you do for yourself every single day. And whether that's taking off your makeup before bed or that's doing your skin care or that's sitting down and like doing three deep breaths or something, you know, very, very little. Do that every single day. And then maybe on the weekends when you might have a little bit more time to yourself yourself do something that's a little bit more extravagant but it it needs to be almost so regular that it doesn't feel so foreign to you when you want to do it and maybe that's where we can deal with the guilt factor because if we're practicing self-care every single day, you know, even for our 5 minutes of self-care, it won't feel like this big huge burden or this big huge weird thing when you want to do an hour-long self-care bubble bath on a saturday night. I think I need to start taking my own advice too because that sounds like something I need to be doing for myself. One thing I've been trying to do for my five minutes every single day is stretching because I've noticed just how tight my body is all the darn time. Like my muscles just ache and oh my golly. I used to be that person that never wanted to stretch because i loved the feeling of being sore but in all honesty it's just not worth it i'm feeling like i'm twice my age just because of the way i wobble around and it it even affects the way i walk like it starts to make me walk like um not a pigeon a penguin like when your toes are turned outwards because my legs are so stiff i can't bend them so trying to do five minutes of stretching, just little bits here and there. Everybody is requesting for me to do a stretching video. I swear every damn day. And you guys, I'm too nervous. Okay. It's on my radar. I hear you. I see you. I don't want to do it, but we'll think about it. Okay. Last set of questions. I asked you all, what advice you would give to somebody else about self-care. So what are maybe some things that you all practice? I just thought that this would be a fun way to end the episode. So if you have something in mind that you love and you want to share it with the class, here we go. Love this one. Declutter your social media and unfollow toxic people. I am a huge culprit of this. I do this all the darn time. I've recognized lately that if I'm constantly, let's say, stalking a profile and by stalking that sounds so intense but you know if it's a celebrity that I really really admire but I'm constantly going on her profile and just comparing myself to her I need to unfollow them and yes I do admire them and yes I do love them but if it's not something that's healthy for me it's not worth my time it's not worth the toxic energy in my brain so yes love that one that one's awesome next self-care is individualized to you do what makes you feel good absolutely, totally what I was saying before with the bubble baths and whatnot. Don't do something that you think is the stereotypical self-care. Do your five minutes a day of something that makes you happy. Do something that's, you know, maybe not what other people are doing, but you know is just perfect for you. Like maybe it's watering your plants. Maybe it's playing guitar. Maybe it's cleaning out your closet. Whatever makes you happy, that's your self-care and it's self for a reason. One thing that I love doing if I'm really stressed with work or school is to give myself a day off. Love this. That's exactly what I try and do with myself too. It feels hard. It feels tough, but I think it will always, always pay off in the long run. I think another alternative to this would be just taking the night off. If you don't have the flexibility to take the full day off, maybe you can just take the one night to do something fun with your family or watch a movie or just unwind in a way that you maybe normally wouldn't. Love this one. Sometimes self-care is taking a Tylenol PM and going to bed. Try again tomorrow. I love that so much. I feel that on so many levels. There's just some days where I'm just feeling so frustrated. And I think the more I try, oftentimes the more aggravated I get. And sometimes just maybe, you know, taking your tea, taking a little Tylenol PM and going to sleep and just being thankful for your day, waking up tomorrow morning, trying again the next day. It's a great way to look at it. This one says the app Headspace gives me a lot of perspective sometimes. It's for meditation. Awesome. That's probably just very similar to Calm, just another version of it. So love that. More awareness for those apps. This one says to prioritize the natural things your body needs like sleep, water, etc. Yes. Do not take advice from previous overworked Taylor. Get more sleep than you think that you even need. Drink your gallon of water. (laughs) You don't have to drink a gallon, but drink your water. And yeah, don't forget the little natural things that make you happy and make you whole. This one says schedule self-care like it is an expensive doctor's appointment that you can't miss. It is so important. So true. Don't just try and knock it off your list because you don't have time for the day. Make it a priority. Make it something that you can't miss and it's something that you have to do once a week or once a day, whatever it is. And I think this is a really great one to end on. This says it is okay to protect your energy as well as your time. That's like so introspective. Absolutely love it. I love you all so much. Thank you for taking the time to give advice to others. I think it's so important to share what works for you because maybe somebody else will resonate with it and then you'll save them their next self-care appointment. Love you all so much. My computer is about to die. So that is my cue. I thank you for listening to another episode of Don't Get It Twisted. Please reach out to me if you're having just any troubles or anything this week. If you want to talk to me or really anytime, even if you listen to this episode much later on, I'm always here for you. DM me on Instagram at Taylor Woods with two L's. Uh, Email the twisty pod email account. Hello at twistypod.com. Love you all. And I will talk to you next week. Be safe and goodbye.